Hey, Dr. Mike here. Did you know that healing lies in your sense of smell? Stay tuned to learn more with our special guest today. You're listening to Live Foreverish, a show dedicated to helping you live just a little longer. Here's your host, Dr. Mike and Dr. Crystal Gosser. Uh, welcome to Live Foreverish. So today's show is all about aromatherapy, this very interesting link between healing and your sense of smell. Now, I got to tell you, I feel like I'm a little um, teamed up against today because I have two doctors of clinical nutrition here, right? I got I got my normal co-host, Dr. Crystal. Hey, Dr. Crystal. Hello, Dr. Mike. And then, and then she brings on a good friend of hers, another doctor of clinical nutrition, Karen Dolan. Karen is board certified as a nutritional specialist. She's a registered herbalist. She's a certified holistic aromatherapist. She's written several peer-reviewed articles. We're really happy to have you here today, Dr. Dolan. Welcome to Live Forever. Thanks, Dr. Mike and Dr. Crystal. So glad to be with both of you. So no teaming up against me. Dr. Crystal likes to do that. We can't make that promise, Dr. Mike. (laughs) So I, you know, I'm going to, you know, again, I I always kind of like to start off, um, you know, Dr. Dolan with um, letting the audience know a little bit about the guest and, and, and a little bit about who you are and, and, why why clinical nutrition and then but then eventually you get down to this this herbalist position and this aromatherapy type thing like tell us about that little journey so it's really interesting it's actually the inverse of what you said so i was ah. studying uh, my undergrad in psychology and i was pre-med and i got introduced to um aromatherapy essential oils the way that, you know, lots of people were introduced to new things in the 90s at a, like at a shopping mall. And when I found these, like, it's like, these are really cool. Wait, you mean at one of those kiosk spots like, yeah. in you the know, middle of the mall? Lady, she had her own little shop, actually. Oh, okay. I mean, it was decked out with, it was just essential oils. It was like aromatherapy and books. And I, you know, at that point was deep in the research at University of Virginia. And uh, because of my, you know, field in, in psychology, and we're studying psychobiology, I was just really fascinated. So that's how I got into aromatherapy, which then led me into herbalism, which then led me into clinical nutrition. So um, yeah, it all just kind of flowed from there. So that's, yeah. that's the path. <laughs> that's really cool. So do you spend then uh, most of your time with aromatherapy now? And, 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 or, or, or are you, or are you more involved with the clinical nutrition part of, of, of your doctorate? Yeah. Now I'm, you know, as a, a functional nutritionist, that's my primary modality, but it's difficult to separate it out because it's so blended. The work I do with herbalism and the work, work I do with essential oils, I use them when appropriate, when indicated. Um, but I have such a, a much larger tool chest now than I did, you nice. know, in the beginning. I know Dr. Crystal can't wait to jump in here. I can't wait to jump in. And I have been trying to, Dr. Mike knows, I have been talking about you for probably a year now. We have to have her on because I can remember having conversations with you and you just shedding light to essential oils, how people use them, how people are, are using them maybe the wrong way. And it's such a big thing. And, and I'm personally into it. I actually 
have, I don't know if you all, I know those of you listening can't see, but I keep, yeah, I keep a diffuser on my desk and. And you have so, one at work too. I have right? one at work. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. I yeah, probably I've drive. I've, I've enjoyed crazy. it. No, she's, she has everything over in that corner of her little world at work. <laughs> I mean, diffusers, all kinds of nutrition bars. I don't know. She's, she has like a little kitchen. Right. So it, it's really, it has taken off. I mean, much more so than how it was in the 90s. Now, I mean, you're finding them everywhere. You can go in any store uh, and, and you'll find these oils. And I've seen single oils, oil blends. Now there's so many claims to support different aspects of health. Uh, and so I just want broadly your opinion. What can we say? What kind of claims can we make about these oils? What's valid? Um, and which ones would you say are just a reach? They, they're they a stretch. That's such an interesting question, Chris, because <clears throat> we could actually apply the same question to you know, our nutritional supplements or herbs, right? That there's, it really, the answer is like, it depends. Uh, it depends on, on what it is that we're specifically looking for. Um, with essential oils, what I find is that people tend to either go on one far end of the spectrum to say that they're just completely, it's just kind of um, witchcraft, you know, it doesn't really do anything. And then to the other end where it's like, you know, this is gonna make you grow three inches, right? So, <clears throat> These into the spectrum, I would say, let's come to the middle, right? So if anything, if anyone tells you that by dropping certain essential oils on your spine, you're going to cure your scoliosis, I would say that is something that you should be very concerned about. But if anyone tells you that essential oils, um, they just don't do anything at all, that's someone that probably isn't into the, to the literature, hasn't gotten into the research and, and doesn't realize that essential oils, several were still in our... Uh, our U.S. dispensatory back in 1960 for various uh, therapeutic actions. So, you know, there's definitely, there are things we can do. do you so what, what, what is the best way to use them? Because I'm, I see people using them topically. I personally use them in my diffuser to, you know, in the air. And, and I also see people now putting them in, putting it in their water and they're drinking these essential oils. So, I mean, it, when yeah. I tell you the application is, it's also mm -hmm. a little confusing. So that's really, really an important point. So essential oils are, you know, if you consider what they are, essentially this is like the plant's immune system, right? Our vol the volatile oils. Um, also maybe ways of attracting you know, us or pollinators or things like that. They're extremely potent. And because of that, they're present in the plant very small amounts. So that means that we have to use a lot of plant material in order to produce essential oils, one of those little bottles. Now I share that because if you then take it and you're using it that in drops, just like in your food or in your water, then you can very easily get much more than is appropriate for your body. It can, you know, also it can be damaging to the lining of your, um, your digestive tract to your, especially in your throat, your esophagus. So if you're going to use essentials there, now that's not to say they can never be used, right? So, you know, think of Altoids, the curiously strong mint, right? Using peppermint oil, right? So if you, if you have 
very small amounts, maybe one drop on occasion, you might find them in, in honey or in um, some supplements that might be used for digestive distress or um, anxiety. So there are certainly ways that one can take them. The safest way, if you're not trained and you're not, you know, you, you, especially if you're on other medications or anything like that, would be diffusing your essential oils, just like you're doing. So using it in a in a, in a diffuser on your desk or even a drop on a tissue. However, that's going to be more for kind of psychological support, psycho, you know, that's really going straight to the limbic system. You know, you're really kind of providing support to your, your parasympathetic nervous system that way. Whereas if you're going to use it topically, then you can find ways that can be therapeutic for, um, for some pain for like as an analgesic or um, for um, some various skin issues. It's also they're very potent antimicrobials. Right. So those are ways that essential oils might be used as long as they're properly diluted. Always, always, always properly. You only need a tiny little bit. I, so, you know, I think the same thing applies to essential oils as supplements uh, is the question of how do I know I'm buying a good one? Right. How do I know I'm buying a quality essential oil? You know, we have we have different ways of judging that on the supplement side of things, how, 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 what do you suggest for a consumer who's interested in this? Maybe, maybe not, maybe just getting into essential oils. What should they look for? What, you know, are there any red flags? Don't buy that one. Um, any, any advice for a consumer? So I think if a consumer is looking for essential oils to do, you know, for a specific therapeutic support, right? Maybe something they've read or something that was recommended to them. Then, you know, it's important that your source, wherever you're getting your essential oil from, can tell you the botanical name of what's in the bottle. It doesn't just say eucalyptus, right? That it'll tell you it's, uh, you know, a globulus or a polybractea or something like that. Um, also, you want to know the country of origin. You want to know how was the essential oil extracted. So that should be on the bottle. It should tell you steam distilled or cold pressed or something like that. Um, generally, you also wanna consider you know, where it's from. So if someone is just growing it in a, a pot in their backyard, it's not gonna have the same therapeutic support or, or the same properties as something that's wild, you know, that's cultivated uh, from a part of the world where we're used to kind of actually purchasing those essential oils and what the data has been based on. So you wanna just have that in mind. If you go into uh, Whole Foods or one of these places, you know, you'll might find um, Now or, or Acacia or these different places, They're, those are very easy. There are also plenty of reputable suppliers that are very ethical. The thing it's really important is a, a little bottle of lavender or peppermint should not cost you $40. So if you're going somewhere where a person is just like their job is to sell as much to you as possible, and there's, and there's no difference between something that's a lavender and something that's much more expensive and difficult to produce, like a rose, then you're probably not dealing with someone who's really um, ethically you know, providing those essential oils. And you really want to stick with someone who gives you the information you need. Now, would you say, so you mentioned the $40, or just to give the context, is that a lot or a little bit? <laughs> That's a lot. That's a lot. It seems like a lot. It's a lot. And, and unfortunately, people don't realize that it just, 
it's so there's so much more volatile oil present in like rosemary or lavender or peppermint, right? So it takes it costs much less to produce those than there it would be in you know if you're getting a neroli or uh, as I said a rose otto or something. It costs a lot more to produce those. So there's the scales, the economies of scale, and you know like where is it coming from? So it's important that that's reflected, uh, you know, in the in the uh, you know, so for me, if you see a bottle like a five mil bottle and it's somewhere around $10 or even at most 15, I mean, everything's more expensive right now. That's one thing. But some, some people are charging astronomical amounts of money for like orange essential oil and things like that. Well, and that's what happens, right? I mean, it, we, we see that in the supplement industry. Something gets popular, right? Everybody jumps on board, whether the, whether the research is there or not. If it's in the media, they, they plop it on their label and they charge... 40, 50, 60 bucks for a month supply of this stuff. And we, and they, we don't even really know if it works. You know, it's crazy. Yeah. Now in your practice, yeah. um, how do you determine which patient you are going to incorporate essential oils in their, in their kind of treatment plan? Um, and th that's part one. And then part two, can you share just really high level some of the top oils that you find yourself um, suggesting or kind of you you kind of help to blend as well in your practice. Is that correct? Well, I would say that for you know, so your to your first question is, do I use them often? The answer is no, I don't use them often because the population that comes in for my practice, many of them are chronic illnesses, it's complex, uh, complex situations where I want to be very careful about what I'm introducing. And so every once in a while, I may use a single, but I don't often use blends consistently with everyone that comes in. And then, you know, to the question of what would I use most often? Um, I'd say, you know, that's, that's hard. I mean, if you see my, my aromatherapy closet, there are hundreds of oils in there, essential oils. So in that case, when I do apply them, I'm, you know, most likely to go to some of those basic um, essential oils like um, bergamots. A lot of people like bergamots and citrus, uh, grapefruit and things like that. And then base notes of like neroli and um, rose, sometimes ethically produced um, sandalwood pine, the woods are really lovely. And then those mid notes, oftentimes we might see, you know, I, I, I love like juniper, Palo Santo, um, you know, even sometimes we'll, you know, the chamomiles, the chamomiles we use, the chamomiles are very, very strong. So, uh, but those are kind of the, the ones that people tend to, you know, be familiar with that you can get easily and that are just really lovely in ways that you can add them in. I, Dr. Crystal probably wrote all those down. Just so you know, she's probably <laughs> going to try everything you just said. Can't well, help it. She, Dr. Dolan, she can't help it. It's okay. I can't help it. And just one, I, I just have like one, one last question. So I, I understand the citrus, like the, the orange and the grapefruit, those are more uh, help you to be alert and awake. And then, of course, the chamomiles or the lavenders are more calming. So is there, can you just go over some of the ones that you would use for specific reasons? Is, is that, am I on, am, am I on the yeah. right path? So, am I using my oils correctly? So you're, I think what you're talking about, you're speaking more to the kind of uh, the actual that 
um, how is it the cognitive and, and emotional kind of support and, and how what's right. it actually doing? And so for those, you know, we have a lot of great research around things like rosemary. Rosemary is really great if you've got uh, a test or a meeting, you know, something you need to be on. It's really good for helping you uh, with your cognitive performance. Uh, whereas something like lavender is not, even though it will help relax you, like for test anxiety, rosemary with a little citrus would be better than lavender because lavender actually can make it more difficult for you to mm -hmm. uh, kind of recall. So. So in those cases, you know, th those are some examples. Now, the, you know, oftentimes you might think of um, the chamomiles as something that's going to be really tonifying for if you're feeling anxious and you just kind of need almost like a warm cup of tea, you know, a little bit of anxiety, particularly uh, German chamomile is really, really good for that. Um, and then I've mentioned a few times like neroli is something that's very good for grief, uh, for deep uh, someone who's dealing with trauma or grief and things like that to just kind of have that present. Now, the thing that I think you and your listeners should really be aware of is that all of this depends on the person. Okay, so personalized care applies here too. Someone just may have a memory associated with a particular scent that just oh, is not yeah. positive, right? And And that will override everything else. So always test, always be gentle and sensitive with yourself and with others and make sure that they get an opportunity to try first, just a little bit. See, Dr. Crystal, just try a little bit. A little bit. Don't be pouring a whole bunch in that diffuser you got back there. Single drop, single drop, you don't need more. Dr. Dolan, this was fantastic uh, in, in, information. And I always kind of like to end by asking our guests, you know, as best as you can to kind of summarize for the listening audience, like what what would you want them to know or what's the takeaway uh, for aromatherapy? The takeaway, I think it's a great question. Um, for me, the takeaway is that we want to really, you know, we appreciate the essential oils and the aromatherapy, but we also want to have a healthy respect for them. Uh, they're very potent. They're very strong. And also even just to be sustainable, you want to make sure you only use what you need. And in our culture, we tend to think if a little bit's good, a lot's going to be great. And that is not the case with essential oils. So always, always err on the side of less uh, than more. Um, and then um, from that standpoint, you know, try, experiment with, with some different scents in your environment and see how you like it. You're listening to Dr. Karen Dolan. She's a doctor of clinical nutrition, a certified holistic aromatherapist, and so many more things. Her bio is very long. She's a very busy person, <laughs> just based on what I'm reading here. Um, author of several peer-reviewed journals. If our listeners want to get a hold of you, learn more about you and your practice, is there a website we can send them to? Sure. Uh, they could please come to www.nourishwell.us. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. You're listening to Live Foreverish. Don't forget, you can go to liveforeverish.com. And right there on that page is a ton of other podcasts that you can download, you can listen to, you can like, share, and subscribe so you never miss a show. That's liveforeverish.com. I'm Dr. Mike. Thanks for listening.